0: Hello, and welcome to the Journal of Clinical Cyclopedia Activity Individualizing Treatment for Patients with Schizoaffective Disorder by Edward Vieta, MD, PhD, who is from the Bipolar Disorder Program and the Clinical Institute of Neuroscience, Hospital Clinic, University of Barcelona, EDBAPS, and CyberSAM in Barcelona, Spain. This activity is part of the new approaches to managing schizoaffective disorder from diagnosis to treatment, CME series, which was supported by an educational grant from Janssen. Schizoaffective disorder lacks compelling diagnostic definitions and evidence-based treatment recommendations, yet clinicians can still develop an effective individualized treatment regimen for patients with this condition. The steps necessary to help patients with schizoaffective disorder reach and maintain remission are to confirm the diagnosis, evaluate the patient's predictors of outcome, be aware of the available pharmacotherapeutic options and prescribe appropriate medications, and implement psychotherapy once patients achieve remission when confirming the diagnosis be aware that schizoaffective disorder has symptoms of both mood disorders and psychosis So clinicians should complete a differential diagnosis to rule out bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Additionally, patients may have either the bipolar or depressive subtypes of schizoaffective disorder, which are defined as having predominantly manic or depressive symptoms, respectively, in addition to psychosis. After confirming a diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, clinicians should evaluate the patient's predictors of outcome. These include previous levels of functioning, number of prior episodes, nature of psychotic symptoms, and extent of cognitive impairment. Initially assessing these features is critical in determining an effective, individualized treatment plan and in anticipating the patient's course of illness and outcome. Patients with schizoaffective disorder tend to have levels of social and occupational functioning that are better than those with schizophrenia, but worse than those with bipolar disorder. In a cluster analysis, Lipkovich and colleagues determined That the better the social and occupational functioning that patients with schizoaffective disorder have at baseline, the more likely they will have for good treatment outcomes. As patients experience more episodes of schizoaffective disorder, their chances of achieving full recovery dramatically decline. For example, the primary factors in persisting psychosocial deficits among patients with schizoaffective disorder include having a high number of episodes and a high annual frequency of episodes. Further, having a high number of episodes also influences the development of negative social consequences due to the illness. Concerning psychotic symptoms. Patients with schizoaffective disorder have psychotic symptoms by definition, but the persistence and presentation of those symptoms can predict outcomes for patients. For example, patients with less persistent psychotic symptoms have a better prognosis than those with more persistent psychosis. And patients with mood incongruent psychotic symptoms, that is inappropriate to the mood episode, are likely to have poor outcomes. These include poor psychosocial functioning as well as the presence of major psychotic symptoms. Cognitive impairment is closely related to functioning. In fact, one study found that neurocognitive performance was a better predictor of occupational functioning than were the clinical symptoms of schizoaffective disorder. Therefore, clinicians should evaluate deficits in patients with schizoaffective disorder. The premorbid intellectual, language, and behavioral functioning of schizoaffective disorder patients is similar to that of schizophrenia patients and worse than that of bipolar disorder patients. After evaluating each patient's predictors of outcome, formulate an individualized pharmacologic treatment plan based on the available evidence, which is mentioned hereafter in order of each study's methodological strength the amount of data for schizoaffective disorder is limited because most trials have examined subsamples of schizoaffective disorder in addition to schizophrenia very limited data is available for compounds not mentioned here including conventional antipsychotics lithium and valproate paliperidone is the only compound that has been assessed in a specifically designed large randomized placebo-controlled study for this condition Uh, Canuso et al. examined acute schizoaffective disorder and found that compared with placebo, 12 milligrams of paliperidone ER significantly improved total scores on the PANS, the CGIS, SCA, the YMRS, and the HDRS. Overall, the medication was well-tolerated. Headache and tremor were the most common adverse effects, although headache was reported more often in the placebo group. Pooled data from two double-blind, placebo-controlled trials of a subset of patients with schizoaffective disorder reported significant dose-related improvements with 160 milligrams of psoprasidone on the BPRS total score core items and manic items, and the CGIS compared with placebo. The most common medication-induced adverse events were general pain and headache, but a notable lack of many adverse effects, such as EPS and sexual dysfunction, was apparent. Another pooled analysis of schizoaffective disorder subsets in two double-blind, placebo-controlled trials found that up to 30 mg of aripipazole significantly improved total scores on the PANS and CGII compared with placebo. Commonly reported adverse effects of aripipazole were headache, agitation, and insomnia, although the placebo group reported higher rates for each of these events. A small placebo-controlled double-blind pilot studies of topiramate added to mood stabilizers or atypical antipsychotics for schizoaffective disorder bipolar type did not show efficacy. Similar reductions in PANS, YMRS, and CGIS scores were reported for both topiramate, with a mean dose of 276 mg, and placebo. No serious adverse effects were found, although the topiramate group experienced significantly more weight loss than placebo-treated patients. A comparative double-blind study of a mean dose of 11.5 milligrams of olanzapine versus 10 milligrams of haloperidol in a schizoaffective disorder subset demonstrated significantly greater improvements in total scores for the PANS, the BPRS, and the Madras with olanzapine. Patients treated with olanzapine had a significantly less occurrence of all adverse events except for increased appetite than haloperidol-treated patients. Another double-blind comparative study examined a mean dose of 5.5 milligrams of risperidone and 10.8 milligrams of haloperidol in patients with schizoaffective disorders. Both medications led to symptomatic improvements on the PANS, the CARS-M, and the HDRS. But the differences were not significant. Respiridone was better tolerated than haloperidol, with significantly more haloperidol-treated patients experiencing EPS. In an open study of schizoaffective disorder or bipolar disorder, the addition of a mean dose of 3.9 milligrams of risperidone to mood stabilizers significantly improved scores on the YMRS, the HDRS, the PANS, and the CGI. The adjunctive respiridone was well tolerated, with only 2.5% of subjects experiencing weight gain, which was the most commonly reported adverse effect. Treatment adherence is critical to any medication regimen. To ensure that patients have the opportunity to achieve remissions, clinicians should Educate patients about their illness to help them have awareness and insight. Address any concerns patients have about taking medication. And identify potential safety problems and barriers to adherence, such as co-occurring personality or substance abuse disorders. For patients who have difficulty adhering to a daily medication regimen, clinicians may consider implementing a long-acting injectable formulation of the medication In addition, psychotherapy can be used, but should only be employed when patients have reached remission. Once patients have reached remission, they are best suited to understand, learn, and develop strategies to cope with the illness. Thus, psychoeducation can help improve patient outcomes by increasing illness insight and awareness, improving treatment adherence, and helping patients and caregivers identify early signs of relapse. Although no studies specific to schizoaffective disorder are available, data from bipolar disorder and schizophrenia trials may be helpful. In studies of schizophrenia, psychoeducation improved patients' knowledge of their illness, treatment adherence, and quality of life, as well as reduced rehospitalization rates for those with two to five previous psychotic episodes. In the study of bipolar disorder, Group psychoeducation reduced the number of relapses and recurrences, reduced the number and length of hospitalizations, and increased the time to any mood reoccurrence. Additionally, caregiver psychoeducation has been shown to reduce the recurrence and increase the time to intervention for any mood episode. Individualizing treatment for patients with schizoaffective disorder requires merging the evidence base from schizoaffective disorder, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder, and tailoring treatment plans to each patient-specific schizoaffective subtype, whether it be bipolar type or depressive type. For the bipolar type, a typical antipsychotic should be given, particularly when psychotic and manic symptoms are present. Evidence in bipolar disorder suggests that combining an atypical antipsychotic and a mood stabilizer is the preferred first-line treatment. When choosing specific medications, individual symptom profiles and treatment tolerability should guide the selection. After the patient reaches remission, psychoeducation should be instituted and the medication regimen that helped the patient achieve remission should be continued throughout the maintenance phase. Atypical antipsychotic monotherapy is also acceptable during this phase of treatment. For the depressive type, Evidence is so limited that the recommendations here are from clinical practice rather than clinical trials. Generally, using an atypical antipsychotic plus an antidepressant or a mood stabilizer should be sufficient to manage this subtype. But again, the individual's patient's symptomatic profile and tolerability should guide the medication choices. Additionally, psychoeducation should be implemented once the patient achieves remission and enters the maintenance phase of treatment. In summary, to individualize a treatment plan for a patient with schizoaffective disorder, clinicians should confirm the diagnosis, evaluate each patient's predictor of outcome, be aware of the evidence for medication used to treat schizoaffective disorder, allow patient symptom profiles and tolerability to guide treatment selection, and implement psychoeducation when the patient has achieved remission. Thank you for listening to this presentation. To earn CME credit and to listen to additional audio presentations, go to cmeinstitute.com cyclopedia.